Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Happy birthday! A fine Saturday morning to you. Should we do them all? <laughs> Happy Armistice Day? What? Was what that? We were doing? you quoting Frosty the Snowman just there? It really sounded like you were. I was. I was quoting Frosty yeah. the Snowman. That's exactly. Exactly what I was doing, Andy, and I. This is why we have been podcasting <laughs> together for so long. Don't make me start crying. <laughs> 
Uh, today, as we record this, uh, it is the 10th anniversary of the next reel, which uh, went live uh, the very first show, Raiders of the Lost Ark, clumsily stumbled onto the internet November 11th, uh, 2011, in which we largely didn't talk about Raiders of the Lost Ark, but eventually did. And uh, today we are uh, recording the Saturday matinee show and celebrating a little bit with some of the original crew. Well, that's obviously Andy Nelson. Hello, Andy. Hello. And Steve Sarmento, Hondo. Hondo. And Tommy Metz the third. That's me, the old whippersnapper. <laughs> old whippersnapper. I, uh, Tommy, of all of us, is the one, every time we do a podcast with Tom, I still feel a little bit like it's the first one. But he's been around a long time. Wait, is that because of my Metz. lack of ability <laughs> for most things? <laughs> <laughs> Is it like meeting a baby for the first time? <laughs> <laughs> it's really good when you just you learn how to stand up and walk and feed yourself yeah. and poop and I'm the walking and, uh, you're doing you're doing fine. Thank you. You're he's doing just, fine. He's... Tommy's it's, the goldfish, that's all. He's just give, the goldfish when it comes to podcasting. <laughs> Tom, do you remember your your first show? I think it was Lord of the Rings or one of the Lord of the Rings is. Because I think I remember that. Or The Hobbit. I think that's, was it, was it The Hobbit? <laughs> well, we didn't, yeah, we didn't we cover Lord there, of the Rings. They've been doing this two, 20 years, 20 years ago. ago. Okay, <laughs> well, it's all Lord of the Rings to me. But I think it was The Hobbit because I remember the first, sort of the first joke that I tried out. As I was like nervous and the new kid and wondering what was going on, I said I wanted to go back. It was the Hobbit because I said I wanted to go back to the Shire or whatever world that was and start uh, a um, a railing company, <laughs> like a company that makes <laughs> railings because all anyone ever does for those movies is walk on really tight, like uh, really high up in the air sort of walkways. And I just wa I thought there was the lack of scaffolding. Was terrible. <laughs> here's here's the thing, though. Were you really on that show, or did you just make up that joke and say it while you were listening to it? Because I could have sworn, <laughs> like, I really, seriously, could have sworn you were your first show was side effects. Uh, no, oh, was it? No. Which was like the what? next episode. Like it was, was the next it? thing. Oh. And it's quite possible that our website is just wrong because it's moved many times. I remember and other, unless I was screaming jokes. <laughs> my podcast because i also said there's like wardy nose and weird eye and steve you remember that yes joke? steve yes, that I one remember like that. The, the, the hobbit who's, who's yeah, just steve, like yeah the dwarf, like a, like the a dwarf legitimately steve, handsome yeah. man next to like old rooster face <laughs> yes. i think i was on it you were it was one of did we do all did we, we did that's is the thing we did all three of them Oh, it so maybe could I was very well be, one. and okay. I know you were on Desolation of Smog. Oh, that that oh, was yeah. that was your big oh, one. Yeah. That, that <laughs> yeah, must that have was... been when that happened. Yeah, because that's okay. the one. Isn't that the one that that defined fake things? Jumping being thrown on fake, at yes. fake things. <laughs> maybe it was. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yes. I, I think it was actually even earlier. I think it was side effects, and I think that was I think that was your jam. Your first show was a Soderbergh. Fun. That's cool, and I still like that movie. That's a that's nice, that's a nice one to 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 start on. It's <laughs> all downhill from there. And then you made me try watch Ant Man nineteen times. <laughs> <laughs> you only watch five minutes. Fair enough. Stop. Oh, Steve, do you remember your first one? Oh. Oh gosh, was that? I want to say that was either the 
Dark Knight Rises or was the 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 Born the what was the Jeremy Renner Born Legacy? Born Legacy. The Born Legacy. Legacy. You're yeah, you're was, absolutely right on both counts. The first one was I think The Dark Knight Rises, July twenty first, two thousand twelve. I mean, right after we started, it's like Andy yeah. and I did the show for six months. We're like, well, we can't stand each other alone anymore. Let's bring in more people. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, I think, our our ver- was that our very first film board too. The Dark Knight Rises? Well, I think it was, but uh, I, I do. I think it was. Um, and then we, because we did, this was back in the day when we were doing, um, we would talk about, well, wait a minute. We talk about a show and then we'd also do a film board on the same show. You remember the Prometheus thing? Wasn't that Prometheus? We, that did, we did it that? a couple times. It, it Not completely intentional. Didn't go well. But yeah, yeah. No. Prometheus might have been the, the first, but it was sometime shortly. It was within a few months after starting the main show. A lot of fun, do you, uh, Andy. Do you do you have a favorite show? Like episode? <laughs> yeah, a <laughs> favorite show. episode. We're at, we're on. Well, the next uh, we're we're cruising up toward a thousand episodes of the Ooh, next reel. I don't know if you've what? heard about this. We're at like nine hundred and eighty six, eighty seven, something like that. My God, um, we gotta go touch well, grass. movie talk. It's it's absurd. Uh, <laughs> truly, it is absurd. What is this episode? Is going to be episode nine hundred eighty four. Of the next reel. Andy, I think your favorite episode is this one. <laughs> it is always the next one. Yeah, it's all, always, yes. It's always the one I'm doing always. right now. That's right. right you're chasing that podcast is... dragon. <laughs> 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 Trying to get back to that first high. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, I, to celebrate, just as a little uh, aside, uh, at 11 11 today, 11 11. 11, 11, 11, 11, Andy and I did a little bit of a retrospective of the uh, of our experience on the show, and we did Raiders of the Lost Ark again. Oh, fun. Uh, kind of uh, how how far they have come in the last 10 years. <laughs> and uh, we're starting the entire the thing all over again. So. We are. We're doing everything. So get ready, you guys. We're doing Dark Knight. Uh, that's coming up next, and it's going to be great. You're going to have a great time. Um, and so that went live to everybody or a little bit earlier as we record this uh, in the live stream. Uh, so if you are... Uh, it, it's it's coming up in your feed. You can't avoid it. You certainly can't ignore it. It's coming. Um, so uh, let it just wash over you. It'll be fun. You're gonna have a great time. All right. Um, I the thing that I think Steve is is he's been he private DM'd us about it. He's posted it in the rundown here. It is a thing that I think he is most excited about in all of cinema, <laughs> and that is over on Disney Plus. Steve, please tell us about what's going on at Disney Plus. Uh, I'm excited that you guys get to do a reboot of your Marvel Movie Minute because starting yesterday as this airs, so Friday, November 12th is Disney Plus Day, and Disney is going to include IMAX's expanded aspect ratio for 13 Marvel movies, including Iron Man, which offers up to 26% more screen picture. So there is 26% more information for you guys to go back and discuss in season one of Marvel Movie Minute, Iron Man. You need to add at least another 26% to each episode to talk about that top part of, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s head and hair at the top of the frame and what that means for each episode. I can see in Coda, Andy is Andy has already actually started new rundowns to do that <laughs> <Yes>. again. 
it's the IMAX twenty six percent. Yeah, uh, right. Yes, there right. Be, there be, yeah, that's a whole series. Yes, you get a, you get a bonus feature with that, and that that's just one of many things that's happening on whatever they're calling this Disney Plus Day tomorrow because they're throwing in all kinds. Of, there's actually Disney NFTs and stuff like. I mean, it's it's bonkers everything that they're doing. But this was the one thing that stood out is on your. You know, humongous screen you have at home, you can see that extra 26% as if anybody's going to even notice. Hey, now. Well, hey, now. Why the negativity? It... Where where did that come from? No, no. From? I mean, I mean, what what is there? I mean, because when I think of IMAX, I think of like huge. And all I can think now is, okay, are there black bars on the top of my screen that aren't there? So maybe it is going to be noticeable? Or is it just they're going to squish it in from the sides a little bit to fit vertically? Yeah, they, and then Well, that's, yeah. I think, what they would have to do is it would have to be, um, instead of letterboxed, it's going to be, um, well, I can't remember what the term is when it has the columns Pil- on left and right. Pillar boxed. Pillar boxed, right. Pillar boxed. Yeah. It'll be IMAXed. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. Well, does, does it? Does it? I mean, yeah, I guess it does because it it has to. If they give the full IMAX, it's going to shrink a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, Brian says in the chat room, if there's more information, they're full framing it, so something gets cropped. No, I, I don't think that it's they... IMAX pan and scan. You guys, yeah, it yeah, is that, IMAX that pan and make scan. Sense. I, I think that they're going to be. I don't know. Boxing it. I think it's probably going to be yeah. four box. I I don't know. It, it, well, you it, know what? We can uh, find it, out tomorrow when we watch Shang Chi. <laughs> Let me tell you, this this is going to be my first viewing of Shang Chi. I'm excited about that. I never got oh. to see it in the theater. So yeah, we're going to watch it. That is not one week. of the ones list. Oh, it is. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's the big oh, one. Is. This is their release oh, date. Oh, that's yeah. that's. Oh, that is that's right. That's it's that and Jungle Cruise, and of course Shang Chi will be the IMAX. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, so that's very exciting. Um, is there I, an option uh, to watch either version, or is it? Only going to be the oh, IMAX geez. version now. Is there is there going to be a warning like you're going to be watching this in an IMAX format? So the way it was originally intended, I don't right. know. Right, or or modified to the other one. will say this has yeah. been modified to fit your screen. screen. <laughs> <laughs> what we need now are televisions that actually expand and contract like the screens oh, do to fit the format. That's the next step here, so that we stop having any of these. Cra- and then everyone's happy because the image is always filling the entire screen. Whoever then the warning is your is screen. Your screen has been modified to fit this program. That's good. I could use that. <laughs> yes. I did, is this going to be? Because uh, I remember that experience in the, the was it the Dark Knight with the that was the Joker one, right? Um, where yeah. that that opening scene that was filmed in IMAX and then it kept yeah. shrinking and growing and shrinking and growing and I found that just inane. I hated it. Um, when they jumped and, out the window in the beginning during the yeah, heist, it switched yeah, yeah. which was so cool. It was so cool. And when it shrunk back down, I was I was uh, frustrated by that. I didn't care for it. And so I if is if that's what's going to happen, I would just as soon watch the the letterbox regular yeah. full version, theatrical release version. That's going to be. I found that's gonna the, annoy one me. of the most effective uses of it, and I, we talked about it on the show was. The Hunger Games, um, the second one, Catching Fire. Catching Fire. Yes. When the whole first yeah, part like, of the movie is all yeah. letterbox, and then as soon as they come up out of the little tubes into the the arena, all of a sudden we go into IMAX for the for the oh, rest. I don't of remember that. That's cool. gorgeous. Brilliant way great. to do that. Yes. Huh. Really great. Like as they yep. were raising yep. up in those tubes? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, so she neat. went up, the, the frame expanded, and then when they exit at the end, there's the explosion, she blacks out, and then 
fade to black, and then when it comes back up, you're back to regular letterbox frame. It was amazing theatrical experience. It reminded me of that great film, the uh, the uh, what was the Oz movie that we all really loved on the film board? Ounces, the, the Great and Powerful. <laughs> yeah, Oz, the Great and Powerful. I think everybody was a big fan of that, and particularly the okay. The only thing we were a big fan of was the change from the screen to four black and white yes. and four uh, four three to full screen yeah. and color, yes. which was extraordinary. And the movie should have just ended there. <laughs> See, I think that I think that episode may hold the record for. Film board episode that is longer than the movie being discussed. Yeah. <laughs> I think we were really it's close rough. on that one. Yeah. We were really, really close. We're really close. We should have done that with okay. the Hobbit movies. Well, Andy, we still need to go back and re-engineer those for the audio to be high def 48, whatever frames per second and for all our <laughs> episodes. Atmos. Atmos. Oh, it's going to be Atmos. I'm going to put it for Atmos. Yes. Uh, Steve okay. will be right on the crown of your head. He will just, it'll be just like he's sitting on your head. And it'll sound like he's actually, it'll sound like you're playing it back in fast speed, but it's not. It's actually regular speed. Right. But then when Andy says the jiggly monkeys are pooping in your lemonade, you'll actually hear it happening on either side of your head. The jiggly monkeys pooping in your lemonade. Just when everybody, everybody's like, what are they talking about? That is a deep cut. Yeah, that's a, that might be that that goes back to, I think, the the Born legacy. It was the jiggly. Chaos, like, cinema. Chaos, chaos cinema and the jiggly monkeys yes yes those were the days um what what is going on with uh, uh we, we okay we need to talk about dean all right favorite dean stockwell uh, performances everybody i have mine i know mine <laughs> okay go uh, ahead he playing that creepy singer in blue velvet <laughs> i was gonna say blue really velvet. yeah uh, with, with that mic uh where the uh the light was connected to the microphone, the old timey microphone. So it was, I thought that was really, really effective and copied by a lot of different people, that kind of lighting, which is cool. Yeah. yeah. And I legit Although watched quantum leap growing up. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like if there's one thing that I saw, like I just grew up with him on, it was quantum leap. Like that was a, a constantly watched show. I loved it. I I have to throw out uh, Dr. Yue. In Dune, from in 1984, Dune. Dune. Uh, I just have to, I have to make sure that's represented because <laughs> he had that weird. I think he, I remember him as that having a weird mustache. But now that I think about it, maybe he did. Did he have a weird mustache? I he, like had he had a, a weird, weird mustache. mustache. It was one of those. Well, we'll get to that when we talk about our lists of like you know, cultural. I don't know, misrepresent, whitewashing, whatever we call it. But yes, Doc, Dean Stockwell is Doctor Yue with his little Fu Manchu ish mustache. Yeah, which, right, right. It that the, was it. it was the 80s it was yeah. oh yeah exactly <laughs> yeah oh my gosh. uh it was a it is a sad passing when one of these people has been such a staple of your youth uh you know it's just um just sort of no longer a staple anymore and that's uh that's that's sad fun fun memories of his performances i quantum leap is is probably right at the top yeah and and he was in uh, compulsion a movie we talked about uh that's also right. a long time ago on the show so that's right that's right um Okay. Rust. The, the Rust news keeps on coming. I, I hear that they tried to option the fallout from Rust as a Quibi show, uh, <laughs> but then realized it was too late, so they had to go to court. <laughs> They're going to try it in, try it in the court of public opinion on Quibi. It didn't take. It didn't play. Quibi corner call out. <laughs> okay. First Rust lawsuit is, uh, is out there. Uh, what's going on? It, it's getting... 
ugly. I mean, as you expect, it it will and should. But you've got a a gaffer that has filed the complaint, be, and he was basically standing right next to. Um, uh, I gotta get Hannah? through to he, where that. Yes, the Helena, right? Helena. Yes, he was standing next to. Her. He said, literally, I had her blood on my hands, and so he he is he is coming full out and just. Laying it all out of these are all the failures that happened. The the chain of custody of the weapon, everything that should not have happened. The people were in positions that had no business having those jobs. Uh, all of that, and just is just saying that there are failures all across the board, and, and coming out after the producers on this. And I think it's interesting that the uh, the article is on deadline, and then underneath it, it is. <laughs> from a couple days ago, Alec Baldwin is calling for police officers to be on set to monitor weapon safety. I'm like, no, no, mm. <laughs> no. You, you hire the people that are supposed to do those things and get qualified people that know how to do those things to do that. And it, the, the, the more detail I read into this, the fact that there were several people that left and that one of the people had been fired. I mean, it's just... In the complaint, there's a lot of detail about things that is just, like I think, shining a big meltdown. light. Yes, exactly. The, this nothing. It should never have gotten this bad. Right. I mean, there are so many things, and it's just, it's really frustrating. And he basically closes saying, "Look, you're trying to save save a couple of bucks, but nobody's life is worth the couple bucks you're saving by cutting corners like this." Right. And it's just, it's tragic. I feel like this is what you and I talked about right at the beginning, uh, right after this happened, was that Rust represents. The, the sort of state of the worst hmm. uh, in in uh, like filmmaking right now, that there are sets that are handling these things poorly and Rust just happens to be the one where the accident happened that is ra- putting a bright stop, uh, spotlight on it, um, you know, calling for, you know, it's, it's time to get guns out of productions. It's time to use CG to, if, you've got, if you want guns in your stories, use CG to do the, the muzzle blast, that kind of thing, um, that, that Rust was just bad. I don't know, do you, is this a thing where you want to talk about what you heard oh no i don't know uh, but I, I mean I, there's so much stuff going on about it. i mean there's a million stories so i I'm, i feel people could probably find it but it's yeah, yeah i mean i really think the the big thing i i don't think you're going to end up really having police officers on set monitoring weapons safely uh i i think that it's going to i think more and more people are just pushing for why have any weapons on set that are actual weapons just use you know prop weapons that don't actually have any parts that work and just use it all done with CG. And and I think, uh, you know, I mean, plenty of filmmakers have already made that switch, but a lot of people still like the, the kick that it gives and thing, you know, the, they, they, the way that it looks and it's just like, yeah, but with CG these days, it's like, do you need that? And it's, I don't know. I just, I find it a, a frustrating argument when accidents like this happen that completely shouldn't. So I, I'd like to see some some uh, switches made, especially because, you know, and I mean, New Mexico, I don't know, it's a difficult time in the industry right now because, I mean, there is a huge uh, uh, need for content. Like, just everyone, like there's so many streaming services, so many channels, so many places for people to be watching stuff. And more and more productions are getting made with smaller and smaller budgets in order to fill all of the different spaces that need content. And with these budgets dropping, it is turning into these situations where people are being paid less. People are, 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 you know, moving past the unions and going to 
um, non-union uh, productions, and it it puts you know situations like this in uh, a more common, um, uh, you know, something that's happening more commonly, and you know, it's it's dangerous. I mean, we got rid of we got rid of um, working weapons on this podcast years ago. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> Smart choice. Best decision we ever made. Liability. Yes. Is that what we're calling the flick chart theme? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed oh, those, Tommy. I missed those so much. Super cut. <laughs> what wow. was the last one of those that we had? What was the last one of those? Do you happen to remember, Tom? Do you have it on a sticky note? Was there somewhere? was there a movie called The Law of Diminishing Returns? <laughs> 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 that became an uphill climb fast. <laughs> uh, you know, we need to transition into something else, but I we have a birthday message. We have a couple of birthday messages that have come in from some of our, our newer team members here at The Next Reel, and uh, I, we just have to share uh, the following from uh, some of our, our favorite movie by minutes uh, folks. Rob Cabosco and Kyle Olson have uh, submitted uh, the following uh, birthday message. Here you go. Welcome to Take 10. Welcome to Take 10. I am your co-host, Kyle Olson, and with me is... Oh, I'm, I'm Rob Cabosco. How are you doing, Kyle? I'm doing fine. I, I thought you'd want to introduce yourself. I can introduce you know, you if you I want. did, and sometimes I, sometimes I do that, but, um, you know, today we have a little something special I thought we'd talk about. Oh, did really? Did you know that tin is a soft, malleable, ductile, and highly crystalline, silvery white metal used in a variety of precious alloys, such as bronze and pewter? I don't think I had put that all together, but yeah, I, I think I pretty much knew that. I did just say that off the top of my head. Oh, I mean, right. That's but, impressive. But I know because it's so precious that tin has traditionally been used to store and preserve things, which is why it makes a great pick to honor a decade of love and is the traditional 10th wedding anniversary gift. That's true. I mean, uh, I mean, our show is take ten, and so I, I like That's the true. ten yeah. thing. But That's I mean, right. we're not really having an anniversary, so I don't know why you're you're talking about this now. Well, you know, I think someone is. Who's that? Um, I I think the next reel is. The next reel is turning ten. Is the next reel turning ten? I think the next reel is turning ten. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's what we've been told. Oh, the next reel is turning ten. So we thought, what better way to tribute than take ten? Yes, we were named after this anniversary. I, exactly, and you know, I'm gonna. I, okay, we could come up easily with ten reasons why the next reel is incredible, but here's the deal. We're just so happy to be a part of this. Yeah. We celebrate the great accomplishment of this, all of the wonderful programs and podcasts and other things that we that the next reel does to entertain all of you listening to this. We're just so glad to be here, and we just want to wish congratulations to everybody for a great job over a decade. Yeah, we came in late, so we're not going to take up any more of your time. But we're happy that uh, there's 10 years, and we're looking forward to the next 10. Thanks, Yay. guys. Way to go. End program. Let's do trailers. We've got uh, an unprecedented number of trailers here, and uh, Steve Sarmento decided that he was going to come in <laughs> straight up blunt force trauma the list by pick, getting his in first and picking an A24. Yeah, yeah like really he... solidifying first, first, first <laughs> in every possible. All we needed uh, was that a thing back in 2011. People were always like first on, yeah. on stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All he needed that was, was a red band, and he could have really. Yes. Yeah. I know. Off. I know. It was. Yeah. What do you got? 
I've got the latest film from Mike Mills, a writer-director that I've heard of, but I have not seen any of his prior work. But it's something that I don't know why I haven't gotten around to watching his films. But I'm bringing his latest, which uh, stars Joaquin Phoenix and is the story of a radio journalist embarking on a cross-country trip with his young nephew. When you think about the future, how do you imagine it'll be? What will stay with you? And what will you forget? <laughs> How will your city change? Will families be the same? Keeps asking me why we don't talk. You could tell him the truth. Mom died and got into all that weird stuff. That weird stuff of our entire lives. What scares you? Jesse! Where'd you go? What makes you angry? Ah! Rise up like a volcano and I will destroy you. <laughs> Do you feel lonely? Maybe we can just take this process slowly and see see how it feels. You are just terrible at this. Oh man, I'm trying. <laughs> makes you happy. It's black and white, so you know it's artsy. It's A24, so you know it's artsy. It's Joaquin Phoenix, so you know it's artsy. I mean, wow. what, what more can you say? It's going to pull art. at your heartstrings and be all artsy all over the all over you and all over the screen. It's going to be all artsy all over you. Oh, dear Whoa. God. <laughs> Step back. So much artsy, Steve. <laughs> yes, it is. So the, I, I'm torn because of... You know, we're still in whole, you know, issues with people and their personal behaviors and, and separating those. And so I know that Joaquin has had some issues in his personal life, but I try not to let that get in the way to the extent that I can. I thought there's something in this story that as a as a parent just drew me to this of this, you know, although it's, you know, an uncle nephew relationship, there's, you know, this adult child thing going on. And it just really drew me into the story. And there's there is something about the black and white and the way that it's used that just felt right to me for this story. I, I don't know. And it just is one of these things that. I'm excited to see that I'll wait to probably see it on streaming. It does come out next week. So November 19th, 2021, available probably in some small artsy theater near you. Um, but this is just one of those. It's like in my wheelhouse type of stories. Uh, what, 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 how did you guys react to this artsy artness? Well, I'm surprised that you forgot to bring up the other main character, the Big Apple. <laughs> I, I got a real sex in the city kind of feeling. <laughs> I think it looks gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. And it makes me nervous that it's going to be very sad. I don't like to see children yes. sad, but it's still, I mean, it looks really is sumptuous. What does that mean? Sumptuous. Yes. Okay, good. That whatever that means, that's what I think. Full of sump. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's full of sumption. Sump. Yeah. I think this is the kind of movie that really will show off the IMAX format. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like it is it's designed for that for that super big screen. Uh no, it is gorgeous. I I love the look of it. I think Joaquin Phoenix, weirdly, his this black and white, like this toning makes his beard look 3D to me. And so uh <laughs> yes. I, I I it's so crisp and so beautiful that um I, I I'm with Tom. I I 
don't love uh, seeing, you know, family relationships like that that are torn asunder. And I hope there there's nothing to be torn asunder in this movie, but I'm sure there is. Uh, I'm I'm like you. I probably won't watch it on in theaters, but uh, I'll definitely catch it on streaming. I'm going to see yeah. it at a. De- I'm going to see it at a D box theater. <laughs> so when, <laughs> so whenever someone like starts crying, my chair moves around. <laughs> it just starts to wobble yeah. and sort It'll of just, sob. Whenever child is program just, a sob. Childhood right. is lost. Yes. It's like whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, it, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the look. I, I loved seeing Gabby Hoffman in here looking like a grown up suddenly. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of a, 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 I mean, obviously she's been growing, but it's just like she's one of those people who disappeared for so long. She actually, I was just like, who is that? I'm like, oh my God, that's Gabby Hoffman. So it was, it was kind of cool to see. And, and, and Mike Mills, I haven't seen, I missed, um, uh, beginners and Thumbsucker, but Twentieth uh, Century Women. I I really liked that film. I, I I just enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed the story, and I thought he did a great job with it. And um, so, I mean, based on what I know about those other ones, he seems like a character focused director. And mm, so yeah. I'm yeah I'm uh, count me in on this one. Well, it's clocking in at a seven point nine on IMDb, based on four hundred and twenty-seven votes. So, oh, seven point nine's pretty good. Yeah, oh, this might I might have to go see this. <laughs> yeah, we run seven point nine. Okay, uh, Tommy, what'd you bring? Hey, I brought a trailer, and I was turned on by this trailer because of the cast, which includes. Uh, Kristen Dunst, Cody Smith McPhee, Jesse Plemons, and Benedict Cumberface. And it's called, <laughs> it's Jane Campion's new movie, The Power of the Dog. It's just a man. Only another man. I really like this. I, there's actually a longer, this is the teaser. There's a longer trailer that I liked less. I like sort of how okay. little you know about the film from seeing this, but it looks gorgeous. And avid Satmat or TNR listeners will know that this movie has everything that I care about. Ropes, whistling, <laughs> horsecraft. That's like the top three <laughs> things for Tommy Hedzum. So um, I love uh, oh, and I heard, did you hear about Benedict Cumberbatch, how method he went for this movie? It just came out recently. Yeah, no. yeah he got right. nicotine poisoning three times because he refused what? to smoke those herbal ones that you're supposed to. And so he got nicotine poisoned three times and he didn't bathe for most of it. So he really laboofed it. Oh. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Where's our glossary? We need to throw mm. that into the glossary. <laughs> I did. He laboofed it. No kidding. Uh, it, I I did hear he was interviewed on you know my one of my favorite grown up shows the CBS Sunday Morning Happy Hour oh. and uh, and he was interviewed on it and said that in fact because the the uh, the journalist said I hear you haven't bathed he said well I would bathe maybe once a week like I he said I'm not a complete 
you know, savage. Yeah, so, okay, got it. Uh, so uh, he did he did correct at least part of that myth. I don't know if I want Benedict Cumberbatch not to bathe for us, uh, like uh, take a break for a day, <laughs> let alone a, yeah. a week. That might be that might be too much. But um, I uh, I am generally in favor of this movie. I I'm dubious uh, weirdly about his performance, mostly because. Apropos of today's all he list, all does is whistle through the whole movie. That, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I struggle a little bit with the accent. I, I I have a hard time hearing him speak and taking him seriously. And it's a movie that is all about toxic masculinity, yeah. and he has to be the one that's toxically masculine. Yeah, and uh, and so you know, I'm I'm curious. I I hope I can let it go and get into it. Uh, sometimes sometimes I can. Uh, sometimes it's a real cumber. <laughs> <laughs> what was that other movie he just did that uh, where we were wondering about his accent? The Mauritanian, wasn't that? Yeah, the right. other one. Oh, where yeah. it was, like, I, was hmm. that another one? Hmm. I'm just Quest- I'm, I'm curious what the dog's power is in this. Like, <laughs> is this? Is yeah, this? What if it just turns know, out to be sitting? And you're like, is what? this an origin story though for it? Like, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> Do you wonder if they're pulling a real antebellum and the dog has a cell phone? Oh no! <laughs> I, well, okay. I don't. I I haven't seen the other trailer. I've only seen this. But watching this, it made me feel like this is a modern western. Like it actually takes place in present day, just yes. on a ranch. I believe yeah. it does. Correct. Okay. So see, see, he can have a cell phone. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm I'm intrigued, I, Tommy. Thank you for sharing this teaser because I, I don't like knowing. You know, I don't like knowing too much, and trailers give it away. So this was enough to give me a sense of it to say, oh. I had heard Jane Campion had a movie coming out. I had completely forgotten about it, fell off my radar. Like, yeah, this is just a nice tease to remind me of this movie. So I'm really looking forward to this and finding out what is the power of the dog. (laughs) Steve, have you, did you read, did anybody read the book by Thomas Savage? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. His name is too scary. (laughs) It is, it is very scary. The book took place in, or the book was written in 1967. So no cell phones then. Okay. So it, well, because it is set in 1925 Montana. It is not oh, okay. a modern. <laughs> My <piece>. apologies. <laughs> so, okay. Good to know. Uh, so there you go. Well, if you're interested in it, it comes out on November 17th. So right around the corner. And then it's going to be on Netflix on December 1st, the end. Oh, right. Cumberbatch is busy because he also has the electrical life of Lewis Wayne coming out. That came out on Amazon Prime, uh, like I think, beginning of this month. Okay, yeah. yeah. So he's, he's a busy boy. Lots of work. Is it my turn? Yes. Is everybody excited for Silent Night? You look perfect. Fly! Oh, did you bleed on the carrots? Will I die? Yep, probably. Grandma! Happy Christmas. You're still alive? Yes, I think so. Jesus, they're early. Ah! Tony and Simon robbed the petrol station. Oh, what fun. We make tremendous criminals. I felt so good. We're all getting old. We were getting old. It's just one potato each. Just one for everyone. Did anyone watch the Queen's speech? Well, she's clearly in some bunker set up, you know, filled with tins of baked beans and dog food. Here's to the lives that we've shared. (laughs) To our beautiful children. Our beautiful friends. 
May we rest in peace. Um, Silent Night, y'all. This is a 2021 British-American apocalyptic comedy film. Looks outstanding. Is that That's like a whole genre unto itself now. Thanks, 2020. <laughs> and uh, so we have this by first-time uh, feature writer-director Camille Griffin, stars Kira Knightley, Matthew Good, Roman Griffith, Griffin Davis, Annabelle Wallace, Lily Rose Depp, Sope Dirisu, apologies for the pronunciation, Kirby Howell-Baptiste, Lucy Punch, and Rufus Jones. Uh, it it is the it, it is a black comedy of black comedies. Apparently, everybody dies. Bunch of people get together for dinner. Fog rolls in. Everybody dies, and we're gonna laugh along the way. Doesn't tell you a whole lot in this trailer, but there's some very funny moments and and some great uh, great one liners. And uh, it looks like just the kind of movie I want to watch Christmas night. What'd you guys think? Did you like Melancholia, but missed the yucks? That was the poll quote. Uh, I think it looks great. I love the idea of having a this kind of comedy, and it seems maybe like a comedy of errors. There seems to be like some parlor stuff going on, but to have this sort of like doom over everything seems really interesting. It actually reminds me of a big budget version of an indie called It's a Disaster. Right. Uh, sure. Which is really great. It's all, all these new, uh, a new person who's played by David Cross meets all of these sort of eccentric friends for brunch. And then the world starts ending <laughs> and it's like yes. a pandemic, like they can't leave the house and you see everything sort of break down. So I think this looks, I'm so glad that you brought this up. This was not on my list and I'm very excited. I was a little worried at first when the trailer started, I'm like, it looks like a kind of a, an attempt at kind of a, a stuffy, a bunch of rich white British people having a Christmas party <laughs> and things go wrong. Um, and, but then it like, it shifted and I was like, oh, okay, hold on now. So it is that thing. And it then wait. <laughs> There's a reason for it to exist. Right. They're doing more with it. So that got me more excited. So I am very curious about this now. I think it could be um, a lot of fun. And uh, I'm curious to see what sort of apocalypse we are uh, going to get to experience uh, with these people. So. <laughs> Well, it's it's the sequel to the happening, right? Because we got the weird, you know, trees and breathing and, and wind and all of that. It, 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 the thing I worry about with this is it's really hard to get the subtlety and complexity of like good dark humor. I mean, I love dark comedy, so yes, I'm totally excited about this. But if you don't get that. You may look at this and go, "Why is a kid cutting his finger funny? What what is going on with this?" And I, it, it's it could be really hard for people to understand what's going on with this if you're not into this type of thing. And that may be just fine because you, this is, I think for a very specific audience, I think this looks hilarious. I'm really looking forward to this one. I hadn't heard about it. it we have, uh, it, it is, it's the Christmas of disaster movies. Cause we've got that other Netflix thing um, with what is it? Don't look up or whatever. Oh, right. Right. Yes, it's it's going to be a great Christmas season for weird, quirky movies. Yes, looking forward to this a lot. When do I get to go see this, it, Pete? And where? This one drops in theaters or on AMC Plus on December third, twenty twenty one. So, probably in theaters or sometime in twenty twenty two. Oh, Jojo Rabbit. That's where that kid's from. That's yeah. Yes. Yes. That's Jojo. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. That's Jojo. I couldn't figure yeah. out what it was. Okay. I kept feeling like there are so many different 
different movies in here. Like, you know, this is oh, this yeah. country estate is where the mist went when it left the mist. Um, <laughs> it's, yes. uh, it is the happening. It is murder by death. It is like there's just a lot in this movie. I, I think it looks really fun. So. All right, Andy, what do you got? Wrap it up. Well, uh, continuing the Christmas movie theme that I guess uh, only just started with your trailer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, I, I was looking through trailers. And I'm like, oh, this looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it is 8-bit Christmas. Uh, this is going to be coming out on HBO. Every kid has that one gift they want more than anything for Christmas. This is the story of mine. Bookends? They have baseballs on them. I see that. No, not those. Nintendo. A maze of rubber wiring and electronic intelligence so advanced it was deemed not a video game, but an 8-bit entertainment system. No Nintendo in my house. I second that. Looks like a no-go on Nintendo. I needed a Christmas miracle. The year was 1987, or was it 88? Super Bowl was in 86. Okay, does it really matter, Dad? Okay. The year was the late 80s. I was 11 years old. Did you wear a helmet? Yeah, we always wore helmets in the 80s. Me and my friends would do anything just to play one. Any of you huddle masses wanna play? What have you brought me? I got a goldfish! Untraceable! Cash money! It's the final countdown! One thing became clear, I needed to get my own. This is bigger than Christmas. Sour Vietnam. I don't think that means what you think it means. I have no idea what it means. We're gonna get in so much trouble. Sometimes during Christmas, just when you think that all hope is lost, something magical happens. It looks like the uh, kind of a Christmas story where we have Neil Patrick Harris playing um, the adult, the parent, parental later in life version of Jake, young Jake played by Winslow, Winslow Fegley, and all, and it takes place in. 87, 88, uh, late 80s, somewhere in there. He, you know, he's telling the story of this quest that he had to get a Nintendo when they first came out. And he's telling his kids and his memory's a little fuzzy. And so he's kind of like, the facts keep changing. And it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun the way that everything unfolds. Uh, it's, it's about when he was a kid and his dad, played by Steve Zahn, uh, would not get him a Nintendo because uh, his parents just viewed it as, uh, you know, a bad thing as as parents did and unlike you know what you know video games did to kids and everything and so he is on a quest to to get one and it just i don't know the 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 joy of the kids as they're trying to figure out plans to sneak into houses or or go find them in stores or whatever it's going to be like i just love the joy in this trailer and the fun that these kids are having on this quest to try uh finally getting a Nintendo and just so many things in this uh, just got me excited, uh, which was surprising to me when I realized that it was directed by Michael Douse. Um, I, I, you know, not to uh, toot any horns or anything, but I actually worked on a Michael Douse film um, uh, a while back when he did Take Me Home Tonight. And uh, it was a miserable experience. <laughs> I didn't like working on that. <laughs> uh, and I wasn't generally a fan of his. However, you know, I, I knew that he had done some other things that that had like he went on to do goon which was hugely praised and uh, you know I, so i i think that he has um 
when he ends up on the right project, I think it can work. And and from what I can tell from the trailer here, like he is latched onto something that has all of the right stuff that he needed to to kind of get this period comedy told. So I'm I'm very excited for this one. What did you guys think? Where where did you come down on Stuber? I didn't see it. I I, I think we talked about the trailer and that was about all I needed to watch. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly where I am on this because I think the trailer for 8-Bit Christmas looked fantastic. Like it looks like it could be one of those modern Christmas comedy classics and uh it but it could also just very much not be. It could be. Um yes. I I thought like all of the sort of exploration of the, you know, the super brilliant AI and the things that it lights up and it's got all that like there when he's talking about it, that the exaltation of taking in this marvel of technology, I think that I mean, that was that was my youth. And so I, I really relate to that. I feel like like there's there's a pretty good chance that Michael Dowse's youth was similar and um <laughs> And, and so I, I feel like we have a connection there. We, we're starting with a bias that's in his favor. So it's funny. Yeah, it looks <laughs> funny. No, no, I, I, I don't know. Cause I, I, cause it, it didn't the trailer say like from the producers of elf or one of the producers of yeah, elf or something yeah, like that. Elf, and so right. I'm hoping that it has <laughs> from a guy who'd seen elf. That's right. what it was. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping like elf, there's some heart at the core of this, that it's not just like empty nostalgia for nostalgia's sake, because I mean, yeah, it is that, you know, sort of idealized nostalgic version of the late eighties. And that's going to be a lot of fun to revisit and, and all that. But I, I'm really hoping there's some heart at the core of this to make it that enduring classic because it has that potential. So I'm, I'm really hoping it delivers on that end. So I'm just a little skeptical on this one of, is it going to be that classic? classic or is it going to be the one that people watch and go yeah it was all right and then you know forget about it so i'm i'm hoping it delivers two things i like about it, i like that it had a little bit of a uh, uh princess bride feel to it like really bringing in the storytelling idea i also kind of like steve i just i hope it doesn't become just a nostalgia off of like, oh no, I dropped my Rubik's Cube on my Michael Jackson <laughs> jacket. You know what I mean? Like some movies do that and think that yeah. they're actually making a point or being clever. This does feel lived in and does feel real. I just hope that that's true and it, it doesn't become sort of a, a ready player one about the um, 1980s. Well, we will find out November 24th. Uh, this is going to just go straight to streaming November 24th uh, here in the States and Chile. So if you're in either oh, of those countries, okay. uh, you can check it out on the 24th or Germany uh, on the 25th of November. That's all that have release dates at this point. So Germany, U.S. and Chile hit one of those countries and you'll be able to check this one out later this month. You guys, wait, I just got a wait a minute. I just got a, an urgent dispatch from the front lines. No, no. Th this Did you get one's a French dispatch from the front I got lines. A, I got a French dispatch. <laughs> this one, this one is a happy birthday message from the Mandy's. Oh, next reel and film board and Saturday matinee. Our hosts are better than Franco and Hathaway. Deep cut. Pete, Steve, and Andy, just look what you've done. Given your listeners hours of fun. We know you love movies and sharing opinions, whether it's action or horror or minions. What? You make a better rhyme. Thank you for letting us play a small part. You make the Mandy's feel special and smart. 
Andy sounds Irish. Steve says hundo. Pete has spiders too. Congratulations on your first ten years and, and happy, happy birthday, birthday to, to you. We love you guys. Congrats. We love you. Happy birthday. <laughs> Those Mandy's. It's time to play a game. Oh. Gentlemen, would you, would you like to play this game? Would you oh, like to play game. a game? All right. This is Does this it... is a game that is that I'm I like to call films that make you feel old. Oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> The game this week captures the wonder of our founding year by asking you, our participants, to take a trip back through time to the year of our Lord 2011, and then to take another trip back in time from there to 2001. We're looking for movie pairs connected through time on this week's edition of Films That Make You Feel Old. The rules. Step one. I will give you three headlining actors from one of the top films released in 2011. Quietly, to yourself, think about what movie might have all three of those actors, and then keep it to yourself, because the game's not over yet. <laughs> Step two, I will then read the IMDb description of a movie released in 2001. Your job is to solve this complex movie arithmetic across time. What is the 2011 movie? What is the 2001 movie? And who is the actor connecting them? Wow. I love it. I love this it. is a first, first answer wins with Steel's game. So please buzz in by saying your name to answer. And I'm going to give you uh, a sample round as I adjust my tabs. <laughs> now is the time for the tab adjusting. Sample round. Here are your three actors. Clemence Poesy, Rafe Fiennes, and Alan Rickman. That is your 2011 movie. And now I read for you the 2001 description. An orphaned boy enrolls in a school where he learns the truth about himself, his family, and the terrible evil that haunts the world. I know two of the three things that I need to know. Yeah. I do too. <laughs> this is Tommy. This sam Tommy. Okay. okay. The thing that connects them is the honorable late Alan Rickman. The second movie that you listed the logline for is Harry Potter and the Magic Hat Time. <laughs> and the first movie with Ray Fiennes, some other person, and Alan Rickman is the one where there's a plane in the desert. <laughs> this is just a sample round, right? Huh? huh? This is a sample round, and that's not a movie, so we're doing great. So then, this is an example of someone can steal because I've done all the heavy lifting. Yes, that's exactly right. This is right. one where someone can steal. So, so are, you, was, English are you confirming that? Oh. No. What? Is it not the English patient? That's the one with the it plane. It is not in the, the English patient. Okay, so no, I lose. No. <laughs> no, you guys let me let me just tell you, you guys are way overthinking this. I was clearly too clever by half. Uh so go easier on yourselves in this pairing. 
<laughs> this is only the sample round. Well, it definitely is. It's like Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire would be my guess for for the the movie. No, it's no, it's it's got to be Chambers or Sorcerer's Stone because it was the first Harry Potter movie that came out in two thousand one. That is the two thousand one. Yes. Oh, I thought. Um, so what is the two thousand eleven? With Rafe, I don't know. Well, I thought the two thousand eleven was what uh, was. Okay. Another Harry Potter movie. Harry Potter and the oh, so it'd be Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part One, Part Two. Part two. You're right. Oh. It's the first oh, Harry Potter and the last Harry you. Potter. That's a real uh, tricky. Way too clever was yeah. Pete. Yeah. Way too no, no, clever. No. It's that that that, that <laughs> other actor that Tommy and I don't know and couldn't place. Right. That well, throws I, off. That's what page. gave me away that it was Harry Potter because I remember she was one of the French. Yeah, people. She was. Oh, that's right. yeah. okay. That okay. is absolutely right. That's right. Okay. Do you feel like you understand yes. the premise? Yes. Oh, All yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm ready to bake your noodles. Take you you down. Okay, go. Here we go. <laughs> the movie, uh, the actors are um, Jesse Williams, Anna Hutchinson. Bladder, 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 Whitford, Bradley Whitford. Okay, that's 2011. That's the 2011 movie, and the 2001 movie is an English duke from 1876 is inadvertently dragged to modern day New York, where he falls for a plucky advertising executive. Oh, oh, oh. Um, okay, Andy. I don't, Andy. I don't know if I have any of this right. Um, I'm going to say Cabin in the Woods and oh. Kate and Leopold. Was that that movie? And, and you're you're missing. <laughs> no. The oh, is he? Person? Is he right? I'm missing the person. Read him again. I, all I remember is Bradley Whitford, and I don't think he was in Kate and Leopold, but, but I really he, don't know. Tommy. <laughs> Can I steal? <laughs> Dude, Jesse Williams. What did I say? Bradley Whitford, Jesse Williams, Williams and, and Anna, Anna, Anna Hutchinson. Hutchins. Hutchison. Jeez, I don't remember. I guess I'll say Bradley Whitford. That's all three. Yeah. That's all three. That's it. Woo. That's all three. You just did it. Good work. Wow. My. Okay. The brain breaker. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. So fun. Uh, okay. <laughs> Next. <laughs> He's his biggest cheerleader. We're all having, having a great time. I'm having yes. a fantastic Think of time. The, podcast, all right. the only all right. way this would Are be better is if we had to sing the studio theme music for the movies. That would make <laughs> this, this so gonna... much better for me. <laughs> Here we go. This is Steve, you actually should not talk because this is right in your strike zone. These okay. obscure <laughs> trivia movies. This is for okay. you, this game. Here we go. <laughs> Uh, the next one I have for you is, uh, uh, how about, and I've just decided, I've made an adjustment to the rules. If you feel like you need, an, I would be willing to give you one more bonus actor in the 2011 movie if you can't get it from the three. So, the movie, uh, the three actors to start us off, I have one Oscar Isaac, Ron Perlman, and Carrie Mulligan. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Got that one. The log line a Russian and a German sniper play a game of cat and mouse oh. during the Battle of Stalingrad. I know that one. Okay. Um, oh, what is the name of that? I know it, but I. Oh, should we team what? up? Well, you got to team it's, up, it's, Tommy. It's, we got to. It's, it's Drive. 
Oh, in Drive. 2011. Drive is 2011. And I think and the, it's, the, 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 it's called Enemy it's, at the Gates. Enemy, Enemy at the Gates. Enemy right. at the Gates. And that was Colin but, Farrell and Ed Harris, right? Or no, it was Ed Harris and um, what's his name? Um, gosh, he was in so many movies in 2001. Like AI. Uh, no. Jude, oh, Law. Oh, Jude Law. Jude Law. Jude Law. Jude yeah. Law. Yeah. It was Jude yeah. Law. But is, <clears throat> is Ron Perlman the common factor in those? It, gosh, I don't know. I don't because I, I don't even remember. I, seen I feel like Oz, I, Oscar Isaac and Carrie Mulligan would have been like you know teenagers. Wh- yeah, well, Oscar Isaac's not that young, but yeah, yeah. but I, I think Drive was his first. I don't even remember like, who Law was bigger, shooting yeah. at. I'm going to say yeah, Ron Perlman. All right, yeah. I'm going to say if we could all just pick one, <laughs> I'm going to say Casey <laughs> Mulligan. <laughs> Steve? Here we go. Steve, sure. you got an Oscar for you? Oscar Isaac? No, I got I, I got a Ron Perlman. I okay. think Ron Perlman. That makes sense. All right. Yeah. It is Ron Perlman. Well done. Yay! Okay. Well, okay. well done. Okay. I think well teaming done. up is going to be the answer. This might be the it's, way. It's okay. The only, Here we go. only way. Uh, the next one I have for you. And this one you may not even need to team up. You may betray one another and your country uh, when, <laughs> okay. I, when I tell you okay. this. All right. How about this? I've got. Uh, Toby Jones, Hugo Weaving, and Stanley Tucci. Okay, I know that that is. Really? And the Andy. log line. And the log line. Okay, the log line for 2001. A young man and his companions set out to destroy a powerful treasure and save the world from a dark force. Oh my gosh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> that could be anything. Oh. I thought you were yeah, like we already did so Harry easy. Potter. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, so 2011. That's uh, Captain America: The First Avenger. Oh, okay, oh, of course, yeah. If yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Marvel Movie Minute. I know. Yeah, I know. I was like, Andy, come on. <laughs> Sometimes when you put uh, actors like certain actors together, they they don't click as well. Yeah. Can, oh, no, can you I, give the I, that's the part that hurts. Time? Like I yeah. Uh, yeah, a, a young man and, and his companions set out on a journey to destroy a powerful treasure and save the world from a dark force. And it was Toby Jones, Hugo Weaving, and who? Oh, Stanley oh, Tucci. Oh, 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 no, that's Hugo Weaving because that's Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, Lord of the Rings. Of course. Steve, yes. well course. done. Outstanding. Ooh. Okay, how about this? That this was... one is going to, this one might be another hard one. Here we go. Adwali Akinoye Agbaji, uh, Joel Edgerton, and Ulrich Thompson. Those are our three actors. A, a body is shipped to a museum in London where it once again wakes and begins a campaign of terror. Okay. Okay. And it was Adwale uh, and oh. Joel Edgerton and who? Ulrich Thompson. I don't know who Ulrich Thompson is. Otto Wale was the guy in Lost, right? Which one? The it was Mr. Echo. Yeah, Mr. Echo. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, the body shipped to museum in London is that's two thousand one. That sounds like the what is it? The Mummy Returns. It would be the Mummy. Is what I'm thinking. Yeah, it oh. wouldn't be the, the first one was ninety nine, so it'd be the Mummy Returns. Right. Yeah, Returns. <clears throat> yeah. So then I'm trying to think. So Joel Edgerton, what I don't. Don't think he was in Mummy Returns. Or was he? <laughs> Those are the two options. I, I don't know. <laughs> or it's Ulrich Thompson, who I don't know who that I don't is. Know who so, that's yeah. not the I, person I, okay. who plays it the mummy, like, is it? 
that's not. It, it's it sounds like what you're asking is, can you please give me one more name from the 2011 movie? Yes, that, that is that what would we're be asking. helpful. Yes, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. What? Gads. You just broke your brain, right? You so did. Ulrich. Oh, what is? Who's this Ulrich person? Those are definitely the names to to focus on to get the 2011 movie. Yeah, that's. Um, but I will tell you that Ulrich has been in a lot of things that you would know, like the International, like... Um, he's one of those that guys, isn't he's, he? He's a, yeah. definitely a that guy. He's got 101 credits. Oh. Um, so um, hmm. Very much, he's a Dane. Um, so anyway, that's just, you, you'd recognize him. He's that guy. All right. So 2011. Adewale, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Joel Edgerton, Ulrich Thompson. <laughs> and we're about to hit the time and you're about to lose it yeah because i mary elizabeth winston's not in a lot What's of the, things all the time so that's what i'm trying it, to are are you willing to read the yeah. synopsis for the movie from 2011 it it will 100 percent give it away <laughs> okay let me see let me see if i can uh sanitize it I'm, this is the redacted well, Pete, this is the Pete, redacted Pete, version of Pete the put in sandwich ingredients to make it yeah. more challenging there you go <laughs> there's a callback at a at at a um at a redacted site <laughs> The discovery of a redacted craft leads to a confrontation between graduate student Kate Lloyd and scientist Dr. Halverson. What? Something. You guys. Oh, you're kidding. There's a plane crash, and they're examining. Joel Edgerton. I can't think of anything. Okay. I know. Okay, forget it. At an Antarctica research site, the the discovery of an alien craft. The thing thing we make. Oh, the thing it remake. is the thing oh. remake. Yes, oh, it wow. is. I never saw that. I didn't know Joel Edgerton was in that. Okay. You had it. You had it. that you was the third one. The thing, Aduale, the Mummy Returns. That's uh, okay. all right. Let's give it. Let's give it one more. Uh, and that would be. Uh, this is the best one. This this one has a uh, significant cast. Okay. John Hawks. Oh. Jude Law. Oh. Lawrence Fishburne. Whoa. We're all in a movie together. <laughs> they were all in a movie together. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So that's 2011. Now we go all the way in the Wayback Machine to 2001. A policeman, with the help of a pill, must stop a deadly virus from destroying the world they live in. A pill. This this might be my favorite one. This might be my favorite one. Bradley Cooper wasn't a policeman in Limitless, right? That had a pill in it. <laughs> no, two thousand one. John Hawks, Lawrence Fishburne, and who is the third person? Oh, okay. Jude Law. Jude, Jude Law. Law. Okay, so two thousand one with a pill with a virus. That, see, I I will tell you, you this. You, I I was I I had to redact a little bit of that because well, it would because two thousand one. Yeah. Did, did we have Matrix sequels then? Um, uh, ninety nine, and then I don't know. Two thousand two thousand three was reloaded. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I thought it was too soon because I'm like, then if it's Lawrence Fishburne, because using a pill to stop a virus to take over the world. Oh yeah, that is, is the a really that is. But yeah, but, but I, I thought two thousand one was way too soon on the heels of the first too one. Soon. So okay. too soon. So right. So police policeman with a pill. 
It's going to stop a virus oh, yeah, from destroying no the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought you could say, oh, hit the, you know, they're the good guys. And I, I don't know. Stretching. Uh, Policeman with the pill. And I will, I, in this one, if you, you can ask me for a, another uh, actor from either movie, I'll tell you, I'll give you somebody from either one. Let's start with a, a movie from the 2011. Another actor. Okay. Yeah. So we got Brian John just, Hawks. Brian Lord said Brian Spurs, a John Woo movie. John Jude Law Woo movie. Oh. Is not a John Woo movie. Oh, geez. Thanks, movie. Brian. He's like 2011. He's like, that's really easy, guys. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, we, we, okay. <laughs> I'll give you. Uh, let's see. Who do I want oh, to give it, you from 2011? Wait, wait, wait. wait is it? Yeah. Is it Oh, see, I don't remember. It was because I'm thinking, what year was Contagion? You guys talked about that, that on the show. Oh, it's Contagion. Is it Contagion? <laughs> it's totally. It's 100 percent Contagion. Yes, Contagion. Okay. It is 100 percent oh Contagion. Okay. <clears throat> okay. And then so That's the embarrassing. Okay. So one of those, yeah, because the first so Jude Law, Lawrence Fishburne, John Hawks, they take us. Ooh, one of those it, takes us it, back in time. They all could. Yeah. They all but could. It sounds they all. Were work could have been in something, but I, I have a feeling like if you're going to have a cop, it's going to be Jude Law or Lawrence Fishburne. Let's see, Jude Law. Uh, this would have been the let's see, talented Mr. Ripley was like 99,000. No. So there's no viruses in talented Mr. Ripley. No, no, no. I'm, just trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to oh, put myself oh, into con- Jude Law 2000. Oh, the virus of lying. lying. Oh, yeah. dishonesty. Yeah, that wasn't the virus. year he did. Um, oh, what was the um, one with all the. Ugh. the Lawrence uh, Olivier CG creation. What was that, Jude Law? I'm oh, Sky Captain, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Is yeah, he a that police was... officer? Or is he a reporter? No, he, no, he, no, no. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is a reporter. He was just like, he was an adventurer. He's a pilot. Yeah, he, he's, he's a pilot. Captain. Adventurer. He's, he's a Sky, Sky Captain. Captain. Yes. I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks. Thanks, Tommy. We're just ignoring you. Never mind. It's like, he's like, Sky Captain, guys. It's in the title. Because yeah. oh. uh, that's, that's, that's what I would think it is. Because it, right. it feels but like. He's not a policeman and there's no pill. He's like, yeah, because there's no virus to destroy the world. That's just like yeah, evil guys. Yeah. Is there like a yeah, cop? That's that's really bad. Wicked Trixie. Allergies? Uh, well, Jude Law, we know, was an enemy at the gates in 2001. So that's where he was. He was, he was working. Busy. He was working. <laughs> ah, come on. He, there's so Lawrence some years Fishburne. he's in like three movies. Oh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Give us an would actor. You, would who you like the, it? Yeah, give us an yeah, actor. Give us some, can you give us an actor yeah, for 2001? Uh, Okay, how about Chris Rock? Whoa! Wow. For the 2001? <laughs> a police officer with a pill. Yep. With the help of... With the help of a pill? Brian thinks he has mm-hmm. it. I have no idea. Oh, is this a comedy? Is this some... Some, some might funny. find it funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the help of a pill to stop because I'm like if it's Chris Rock it's got to be some is it one of the it's not really, one of the, there wasn't really, a virus in the lethal weapons was there no no he was no. in that it's yeah because I yeah I was going yeah. <clears throat> hmm. like like more than one oh he was thinking Mission mm, Impossible nope. 2 oh no nope. that's the one nope. oops I worked, I, I worked yeah, on no, that no, one. No, no. sorry everybody I'll give you another <laughs> I'll give you another voice just in okay. case okay William Shatner what? What? William? Okay, so this is, is some, this one animated? Money. No. Is, I'm oh, sorry. Is, is this one oh, animated? Is it animated? 
It is animated. I did it. Oh, Andy. Oh, it's, Andy. It's Osmosis Andy, you should Jones. Know. Oh, my God. <laughs> that movie is the curse. Holy crap. Steve, oh that's pretty gosh. funny. <laughs> did you know this story with me and Steve and Osmosis Jones, Pete? Is that why you picked that one? <laughs> I think you need to tell the story. It's really not that Osmosis funny. Jones. It's not that funny, but not as funny as this experience we just had together about it. <laughs> Osmosis Jones. Oh, that's the bane of Andy's existence because we is. were we were playing we were playing the the card game I made Hollywood Shuffle and somebody mm-hmm. played a movie or something or Andy had cards I can't remember what it was but he was like what is that and well, like, I have the actors Jones? in my oh, hand oh, you, I have them oh, in my it. hand that's I just right. couldn't remember right. the name of the movie and I said can oh, I just put right. this down I know they're in a, an animated <laughs> movie together but I don't remember what it's called. And of course, that's right. He wouldn't let me. Oh, um, and so it's, 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 like it's Lawrence a, Fishburne that's in both of these Lawrence, movies. It is right, Lawrence right. Fishburne. Yeah, yeah. that's Top right. Because you, you had like Lawrence Fishburne and Bill Murray, and you're like, I know they're in a movie together, and we're like, yeah. What is it, Andy? And he's like, I don't know, but I know they're in there. I I was tempted Osmosis to give you Jones. Ron Howard. I thought that oh. might have been a little bit much, but oh. uh, <laughs> but with Kid Rock and Uncle Cracker. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, yep, that wow. was it. So I, you know, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna back pocket some of these other ones that I still have. This game might might come around again in an exciting sequel to films that make you feel old. <laughs> this is the brain breaker, diabolical. It mess sure it is. is. Yeah, sure is. But now it's time for the list. It is the list pick that couldn't be stopped. Questionable accents has been picked twice before, but never delivered. It is. It, it has been an option before, but never delivered and until now. The twist, this one, is that hosts have to demonstrate their picks in the appropriate questionable accent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the so whole time I hope you have you, to talk like that. I hope you have all practiced. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Practice offending people across the globe? Sure. Well, my first one is certainly <laughs> offensive. I hope somebody steals it. Okay. So <laughs> I don't go first. <laughs> Uh, so Steve's up. Uh, so that starts with Steve, Mr. A24 himself. Uh, yeah, because I've got to... Okay, so I tried... All right, this is my approach. I tried to build a list that wasn't going to be offensive. And so I ended up going with what I felt like... You could say they're bad accents, or you could just say they're incomprehensible accents. So... Because I, I really felt like uh, if I do try and do some of these, it's going to be really bad. So I'm thinking about their their actors. They're doing an accent, but it's in a way that is they pretty much are either unintelligible or it's it's such a mess you can't even identify what the accent is rather than being a caricature of an attempt at an accent. So my first one is, yeah, it doesn't really fit as well as the others, but so my first... <laughs> yes, I know, because I'm trying to get the courage to just talk like this and say that this is my first voice. Uh- <laughs> is that big? Yeah. Yes, it is. Because it is a Tom Hardy doing some weird accent right? under all the heavy There's breathing. There's a lot of Tom Hardy doing yes, yes. yes. There is. Yes. That's my my first failed the attempt. Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises, yes. Dark Knight Rises, number one for The Steve. next reel right. will that be wasn't mine. See, how do you do It's like you got to have asthma and do Sean Connery to do that. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) All right. That uh, takes us to Tommy. That's me. And this bearded fellow wants his Miani and he will splash the pot whenever he wants when he's eating his Oreo cookies. 
playing poker with Matt Damon. Oh, <laughs> John okay, Malkovich. Yeah. I really had to yeah. walk you guys all the way. What there. was that? Rounders? Yes. Rounders. All the way to the end. Yeah. John Malkovich and Rounders, who famously, uh, Matt Damon has told a story that at one point during that movie, he was sitting across and they were doing a new setup and he asked what uh, kind of work uh, John Malkovich had done to figure out that character. And John Malkovich looked across the table at him and said, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> and then they said, action. <laughs> action. <laughs> yeah. So that's my first one. All right. All right. Uh, I will go. I'm, oh, I'm, Teddy I'm KGB. Gonna try and... That's his nickname in the movie. Teddy oh, K- yes. That's, that's supposed right. To be Russian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm going to dance around my first most offensive, uh, and I will uh, go with this. Uh, I will say, uh, "Buonasera, signorina. Uh, are uh, you going to shoot me? I never aimed a gun at anybody. Never in my life. Uh, all I do is sing in the middle of a war, not an <laughs> opera house. Never since I was uh, a Nicolas Cage in the Captain Corelli's mandolin." No. Which is is amazing that Penelope Cruz would ever kiss that guy. Uh, So there we go. I've never seen that movie. I should see it. I Uh, no, I don't think you need to. I haven't seen it. I don't have a desire to either. I saw that in the theater, but I don't remember a thing about it. Yeah, probably says. All right, you guys, shut up. I saw it with my mother, and it was the most amazing experience we've ever had together in a movie theater. It was so sweet. (laughs) Okay, so sweet. Oh, all right. Well, I guess that means it's my turn. Yes. So I, uh, you know, Tommy, I'm kind of like you. I, I think everybody's accent sounds really good. I'm always like, wow. I do too. They really yes, got that mostly. accent. Yeah. So I have a hard time with that. And so I actually went to YouTube and I found these amazing videos done by uh, accent expert and actor Amy Walker for Vanity Fair, where she breaks down accents in movies and, and, sh- and talks about what's right and what's not right. And I was like floored listening to this because I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize that that was wrong. But there it is. So I, I focus specifically on American accents because I figured if there's something I have to butcher, it's just going to be American. And that's just fine with everyone who's listening to the show. Uh, so first, though, it's Nicole Kidman in The Beguiled. And as, as Amy says, she's trying to do a non-rhotic Southern accent, but then it becomes a rhotic Southern accent. And I learned what that is. Roticity in English is when you say or don't say the letter R. And so sometimes in the South, you say, uh, like, uh, this, is, this is, what does she say? Um, hold on, I wrote down her line here. The leg, ra- the leg will mortify by the morning. <laughs> but... But Nicole Kidman goes, the leg will mortify by the morning. So she switches oh, from non-rhotic oh, to yeah. rhotic Southern accent in the middle of a sentence. And generally, she says she's pretty good. But there's a lot of fluctuating between her roticity. So roticity. that's my first Interesting. one. Interesting. Wow. Roticity. I, you know, I figured I got to bring something because it's not going to be. That's smart. <laughs> oh, there it is. Good work. Sofia Coppola is the beguiled. All right. Goes back to Stephen. Okay, this one, I can't, I can't do accents. I got a tin ear, and like Andy, they all sound good to me, so unless it's something really obvious, like, uh, I'm 
French, but I'm speaking Scottish because I'm from all sorts. What? How does he say it? Where are you from? <laughs> I'm from all. I'm from all over the place. I don't know. In 1985's The Highlander, Connor McLeod, played by Christopher Lambert, who's who's French but is trying to play a Scotsman, and his accent is just some quasi European mashup. That's what I got. <laughs> That's amazing because, because I hope somebody else picks uh, Sean Connery in the same movie. That would be not not a steal, and they're both nonsense. <laughs> Oh, awesome. All right, Tommy. For my second one, let's see. Um, this movie, which takes place in Washington, D.C., is filled with a bunch of people that talk like this, but it all works really well, except for the main lead. Because <laughs> in the very <laughs> opening scene, he's like, tell me who. <laughs> he's talking to his family at breakfast, and he's like, Boston, Boston, car, car, car. It's um, <laughs> Kevin Costner <laughs> in 13 Days. <laughs> A oh, beloved that would... movie, but the character of Kenny, Ke- Kevin Gosser does not pull off that accent, and it's a shame, <laughs> because everyone else, Bruce Greenwood and the other guy, really does. So, it just always sticks out to me. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, okay, my, oh dear, okay, my second one. Uh, it takes place in uh, Texas, and we have a character in there who can't quite figure out uh, how to blend in with the Texas accent. And we have a very intense scene with a lot of actors who struggle to find that deep sort of West Texas accent in their own unique way. <laughs> um, but this one in particular uh, gets real upset. He says, you got to throw that damn ball. I'll raise you to be a winner. I'll follow that pigskin. Are you chicken? <laughs> so many questionable accents in this movie. And the movie stars James Vanderbeek yep. himself. Uh, but And John uh-huh. Goyt in this movie was just warming up to his Anaconda performance with a Texas football coach, uh, Kilmer. <laughs> I don't want that Which life. was nonsense in that movie. Yeah. But the, tr- the true win in this movie goes to Richard Lineback playing Paul Walker's father, Joe Harbour, in an accent so over the top that he just couldn't shake his varsity blues. Nice. Oh, Very good. Never, never saw no, it. And, never saw and it. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Paul Walker and Allie Larder and, and um, yeah. Is that the uh, one yeah, where they lay down in the middle of the road? And, and, no, that's, I, that's the program. Oh, that's the program. Yeah, okay. right, yeah. right. <laughs> the other high school football movie. Oh, right, there yeah. are. That he was in. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was good work. Uh, not not great. Uh, so there you go. That's me. Who's next, Andy? I guess that's me. All right. So uh, I, I started with an Australian, and I'm going to continue with an Australian. In oh. this particular case, it is Hugh Jackman, and he is playing a Canadian with kind of just a generic American accent, but he has a hard time. And as I learned, sometimes when these people from other countries have to say a lot of ours together. They really struggle, and sometimes they will drop one of the R's. And so he has a line in X-Men when he's driving uh, Anna Paquin, and he says, hey, if you prefer the road. But he says, hey, hey, if you prefer the road, (laughs) throwing in a little bit of Australian into his prefer. And so, uh, yeah, so that's my second one, X-Men. Perfect. It's so much easier when I just have to do American accents. (laughs) It is. It's, uh, it's sort of a cheat. I feel like you know you're dodging, hey, you're dodging I have to do the, the accent, game. This is going to be the easy way to do it. I, I could do my Australian <laughs> and really throw everybody with how perfect that one's. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. That takes us back around the horn. Steven, oh, it wrap does. it up. It does. So uh, this is like, I guess it's iconic, 
uh, everybody talked about this accent when it came out, and I think people actually asked for subtitles because it was such an incomprehensible accent. And I don't even, other than stuffing marshmallows in my mouth and talking about real fast, like this, I'm talking like Brian Payton and Snatch. <laughs> oh, I like Dykes. Do you know what's funny? You know what's funny is I feel like his uh, his accent in that movie. It's I depending on who is talking, they say either that is to be celebrated what he did in that movie, yeah. or that is to be totally reviled. I, <laughs> right. Interestingly, I, I watched a video that included that, and they said it was ah. a, it, they expertly he expertly captured that accent, which he did a terrible job of in The Devil's Own a few years earlier. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's funny. Tommy, what's your what's your third pick? My last one is there's this guy and he directed a movie and he was like, hey, I should put myself in the movie, even though he's not a good actor. And he has one line in the entire movie and then he blows up because someone shoots him while he's holding a bunch of dynamite. You know? <laughs> and that one line is, what are you talking about, Blicks? Because he's supposed to be Australian, but he's not. And he's wearing a stupid hat and he just goes, oh, yeah. and then he explodes. Yes. That is yes. Quentin Tarantino and Django Unchained. Yes. That's excellent. The worst. <laughs> that is the worst. Truly. Amazing. Uh, okay. My final pick um, is another controversial one. As I found Ooh. it, this is, the, this is actually the first one that I thought of when uh, we, I thought of this, this, list it was uh actor who you know is he's going into the jungle and he's doing illicit things and he says don't worry they want these guns too much to do anything stupid Ooh. i'm here to deal with it and uh, that would be leo dicaprio in blood diamond if you didn't get mm, it which was spot yes. on and it was fine here's the thing that i i read it that that you know trevor noah uh, posted this thing, got super popular when he saw this movie, and he said it's so bad that he, DiCaprio sounds like a drunk Australian, that his South African <laughs> accent in Blood Diamond was a drunk Australian. And uh, so that got a lot of traction. But then what I ended up finding was this language expert, like Andy, who brought the real smart stuff, who said, you know what, it's not South, South African. African. It's, yes. it's Rhodesian, yes. and he nailed it. Exactly. He nailed it. He is perfect. <laughs> I watched that and too. I, so <laughs> redemptive. Yes. Like, I felt great about Leo. Way to go, Leo. Huh. You did good, kid. <laughs> Who'd have so. thunk? I, I was surprised. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So he wasn't, he was playing a different part. And so that made sense then. Yes, absolutely. That's what I found really interesting about watching these videos is like, oh, okay, I didn't realize that that was where they were supposed to be from, and now it makes sense. And so yeah. it's it's very interesting when you start looking at that. Uh, unlike this next person who doesn't know where he's from, this this next person who generally you'd say he's great at accents until he's he kind of starts spreading his love across a number of different accents. And it is, interestingly, tying into uh, Steve's first pick. This is The Dark Knight. And I'm talking about Gary Oldman, who is playing oh. Uh, the, oh. the captain. And he kind of starts off with kind of a New York accent, saying stuff like, <clears throat> sealed the building, none in or out, till I get there. But then <laughs> he kind of drops it, and it just is like a regular plain old American accent, and he's no longer doing his New York accent. And so he kind of is like, is is he Chicagoan? Like, where is he from? And I know it's Gotham, so it's really 
it doesn't matter what language or what accent he has because it's technically not a, a city. But still, he does kind of uh, blend a number of different American accents across the board in his role in the dark. Interesting. Okay, that cool. is interesting. I don't think I've ever heard that that way. I've never heard it that way because. Of course, I think he's he's the he's the consummate performer, right? right. He's got yes. accents accents out the wazoo. He must be right. I'm hearing it wrong. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of how I feel about him. Right, exactly. Uh, uh, did, we just watched the Friends episode. I know, no, you, you won't get this, Andy, but the the Friends episode where he was a guest star and he kept spitting on Joey. They were doing oh, a movie yes. together, and he keeps spitting, and he says, "If you're that's what actors do. If you're not spitting, you're not doing it right." And so they just spend an entire scene spitting on each other, and I can't. I can't really see him in anything without thinking of him spitting all over his co-stars. So that's it. Do you guys have any good uh, backups on your lists? I had one backup that was uh, an American playing uh, an Irishman. And, uh, of course, let's just say this and you can see if you guys know what it's from. Tell me you like my hat. Oh, I know that. (laughs) Do it again one more time. (laughs) Tell me you like my hat. Just tell me you like my hat. It's Tom Cruise in Far and Away. Oh, I did not oh, know that. Oh, my goodness. Who, who quite <laughs> I would often, not have gotten that. He, they, you know, they say, you know, he gets it sometimes, but sometimes it's, it's just Tom Cruise coming out, and that's all you yeah. get. <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, Tommy, Steve? I had um, backups. It's not that good because it's very consistent, uh, but Jeff Bridges in True Grit, what's well, one of my favorite things to do is, like, well, that didn't pan out. Like he's always talking like he has so much chaw in his mouth <laughs> that he's fighting his own face. Uh, but it is consistent, so it's not like bad. It's just interesting. Yeah. Uh, Steve, did you bring anything extra? I mean, just on my offensive list, of course, you've got your Mickey Rooney and Breakfast at Tiffany's. There you go. Oh, oh, yeah. I am must just, protest. <laughs> Oh, oh God. It's horrible. It's so it's a, bad. Yes. I'm so glad I didn't have to go to that one. No, so that, glad. That and then your favorite two by four in Robin Hood, who basically yep. has no accent. Or yes. Maybe sort of tries occasionally. Oh, he I does. And I, uh, yeah. in these videos, they point out, look, he's trying there. He didn't try there. Okay, he got the, <laughs> he dropped his R there. It's it's all about roticity. I tell you, this yeah. is the new thing. I, I'm going to pay attention to roticity and all these languages or the, all these accents now. All right. Would you? Do you think maybe as you pay attention to it, you could start using it? In your own just day to day language, like I would like to hear you over time evolve into a either full on deep south. I'm talking Carolinas uh, or British. Well, if there's one thing I learned about the South is there are a lot of accents in the South. Yes, and yes. I, yeah. I was like, oh wow, I didn't realize that there are that many specificities between all these different places. So, yowza! So funny. Uh, well, that gives us the chance to uh, actually pass on pass on the love to next week's crew. And next week's crew uh, taking on the, this will be the uh, 1120 sat mat, is going to be, oh dear, it's me, with Kyle and Ocean. So I guess uh, like like so. last week, since Steve didn't get to, to participate yeah. in his own thing, so then Pete, you have to sit this out while uh, uh, Tommy, Steve, and I decide then. Huh? Oh, okay. I like right. it. I think they should do racist accents. <laughs> uh, I had one and I'm not poking fun, but I thought it might be interesting because it has a broad options, but really challenging games. Oh, okay. Because of Pete's game. 
um, like really oh. challenging or convoluted sort of rules or games might be kind of fun because that could be sports or, you know, thrillers or something like that. It could even be games or puzzles. That's a possibility. Like Ooh. like uh, horror movies where they have to, you know, yeah, <laughs> follow some, these right, particular things. Exactly. Some compli- complicated okay. rules. Yep. Okay. Okay. Oh. I like that. Let's do complicated that's, rules. Oh, oh, I nailed it. That was easy. Wow. That was an easy one. Yeah. The other one I was going to wow. say was something involving the courtroom, because famously the one movie that we bailed on as a film board member was The Counselor. Do oh. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> we saw the, Steve, or Andy and oh. I were the only ones. That, we saw it. And then yeah. Andy was like, yeah. I am pulling a podcast audible <laughs> because this movie is insane. And I remember I wrote back, the bartender got a monologue. Yes. <laughs> That movie was. I still in. haven't seen that movie. No, oh, I haven't seen it either. Weirdly, I think about that wow. device that they drop around Brad Pitt's neck. Like I think that about yeah. that thing like far too often. Than yeah, anyone the bolo should. something. Right. <laughs> it's it's like a, it's horrifying. Like that. It's like God. Is that a thing? I hope I never run into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fantastic that's a good uh, that'll be a good game to uh, to play next week with Kyle and Ocean uh, do we have any uh, plugs you guys have anything else to talk about you want to uh, talk about for other things you're doing around the podcast universe uh, busy cranking on Marvel Movie Minute uh, Season 4 Thor. Uh, you know, we've just uh, had a, a really fun Shakespearean expert on this past week to talk about uh, the banishment of Thor when Odin uh, casts him out of Asgard. And uh, so, you know, we're, we're kind of digging into that film and having a lot of fun with it. So, um, yeah, I'm having a great time with it. Marvel Movie Minute Thor uh, Season 4. Check it out. And Steve, you're about to wrap up this yes. season for yeah, uh, yeah that's right. This this week uh, was what uh, Beale Street, and then coming up, our final one is uh, Antebellum, which you were already, you were already talking about Antebellum. So that's our final one for this season of Trailer Rewind, and then taking a little break. So that'll be right in time for Thanksgiving to watch a creepy, weird <laughs> horror movie with your family about the South, or is give, it? Give, give yes. thanks, everybody. Yes. Uh, Tommy, what else do you have to talk about? We're finishing up season six of WTS of What's That Smell? Pete and I, and it's been a delight, and there's still just so much more anxiety (laughs) in the end. (laughs) (laughs) The well has not run dry. It has been a fun season. It's been a fun season for all of these uh, shows as we gear into the holidays, but mostly thank you, everybody, for hanging out and listening to all of these shows for the last 10 years. Uh, we we sure appreciate it. It is a, a great delight to be able to hang out with all these people and all of you in the community and be able to continue to create podcasts and um, make things that hopefully hopefully distract you and uh, make you laugh or make you learn something about the movies that you're watching. And, um, and so our, our great thanks. Uh, on behalf of everyone who is not represented on the team, I uh, wish you a fantastic week. We'll catch you next week. Good night, everybody. See ya. Hondo. Hooray!
I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Get started today.